Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, for Christmas week, it was an exciting week. I thought it was a calmer week than we've been having recently. However, there have been some pretty big things that occurred. Uh, for example, the Nashville bombing. Fortunately, no one was injured or killed except for the the one who did the job, the perpetrator who wanted to commit suicide. He picked a hell of a way to commit suicide. However, he must have had some sort of a good heart because he gave everyone 15 minutes notice that a bomb was going to go off. I really admired the eight police officers. You know, we're all, I'm critical of police officers all the time, especially the way they treat black people in this country. Uh, however, the police officers here, there were eight of them, and they were in a situation. Uh, they knew there was a bomb. It was going to go off in less than 15 minutes, as it turned out, because they ate up one minute listening to it. They had to run through several buildings, two, three, four stories high. that had to have a multitude of apartments, beginning on the second floor. Convince people quickly, get out. The place is going to blow up. There's a bomb. And they saved everybody. These eight officers are heroes unquestionably. Unquestionably, because that bomb could have gone off at any moment while they were knocking on doors and yelling, get out, get out, there's a bomb. Then we crossed 300,000 deaths this past week also. That's not good. Um, this coronavirus thing, is, it keeps getting worse. I'm not laughing. I'm just smiling. Now we don't have enough, uh, we don't have enough vaccines. Trump said we were going to have 20 million people vaccinated by the end of the year. We're going to have, we have 2 million, and we're told that's going to be it. Uh, there's a screw-up. This is a big, I, you know, I'm not going to knock him. I just wish Trump would never, he kept saying things all the time in his four years. This is going to happen, that's going to happen, that it didn't happen. Uh, you just tell the people the truth. The truth's enough. Something's being done. Can't do it all at once. Impossible. Uh, this, the organization that put this thing together, I thought, it, I was impressed with the delivery. You know, the, the FedEx trucks, the FedEx airplanes, the hospitals, Local vehicles moving stuff around. It had to break down at some point. It wasn't a breakdown. No one thought the process out that far. Even the super-duper Army general who's in charge of this of stuff like this and his experience in transporting things, he was dealing with an unknown quantity here, and he just didn't take it to the final steps. So it, it will work out. Uh, and then we got Donald. He's got another lawsuit going. Uh, and this one is going is about uh, he has the Republican Party of Texas, I believe, uh, or one of the states, and he has a Gumpert or Gomert uh, congressman who's been pro-Trump all of Trump's four years, uh, to the point of the man being a bit insane. I've thought that the times I've seen him on television, uh, he has a closed mind. Uh, now. Trump has had 60 lawsuits brought one way or another uh, concerning the election fraud, as he puts it. And he only won one out of 60 cases. He lost, and that was a minor one, he lost 59 cases. And now he's going for 60, case number 61. Uh, and this is going to give him a 60-case loss because there's no way 
he can win this. Uh, I think Trump just listens to the nuts around him, like Rudy Giuliani, uh, this whatever her name is, this woman from Texas, this female attorney. And whatever they say, he says, oh, that sounds good. Let's try it. And here we are into another lawsuit that does him no good, wastes everybody's time, uh, including his own. Maybe not. He had time to play golf every day this past week. So those are the things that happened. There were some good things in there, and it was less, I think, than the stuff that's been occurring every week without fail for several months. Now, that being the case, uh, we are going to go tonight to Washington, D.C., New York City, China, Russia, Key West, and Nashville, Tennessee. I hope I get it all in. I never seem to do it. I want to start with something I labeled hard to believe. Gallup. Gallup does an annual survey of the most admired man in America. The most admired man in America. Who do you think is this year's most admired man in America? I'm laughing already. It's Donald Trump. I can't believe it. But on the other hand, it makes sense. Half the people in this country like him. The survey must have called the right houses. Donald Trump is the most admired man in America this past year. For the previous 12 years, it has been Barack Obama. It's even a shame that he got ahead of Barack Obama. Uh, what, What a wild situation. Now, they also have the most admired woman in America. This makes sense. Michelle Obama. This is the third consecutive year. She has been the third, the first, rather, most admired woman in America. Trump has had a lot of problems with his Republican Party. You know, once the election on November 3rd occurred, the handwriting's on the wall. He lost. And as everything happened immediately thereafter, and they had the votes and the recounts and everything, uh, Biden's lead got bigger. <laughs> he won by about 8 million votes. But Trump keeps saying, no, the election's rigged. There's something wrong with the balloting system, the mail-in ballots especially. And his party, though, members of his party, where they were 100% loyal, started dropping off. So many have left the fold in the past week or two. Uh, because Trump's time's over, and there's, there's, you know, <laughs> there's a new guy in the White House, uh, and that's Joe Biden. Come January 20th, Trump is a vicious, vindictive man, and the proof of the pudding is what he had to say about those Republicans who were deserting him on the election fraud issue, and he said, and I quote, "I will never forget." I repeat, I will never forget. And he won't forget. Now the question becomes, you know, once January 20th comes and goes, my friends, his power diminishes considerably. His his ability to affect people uh, will diminish because he's no longer president. Once you're out, you're out. He's still going to have influence, but nowhere near what he has now. And I don't think his Republican friends who didn't stand by him in the end, and God bless them, they shouldn't stand by him. His whole position has been a fraud. Uh, Won't get penalized. 
What can he do? Everybody says, oh, he's going to run again in 2024. He has nothing to worry about after January 20th except two things. Paying off all the money he owes, hundreds of millions of dollars, and two, staying out of jail. Because ain't no question in my mind he's going to get indicted along the way. Where he couldn't while he was president, he can now. Uh, the Southern District of New York is going to grab him or the, the Manhattan DA's office for income tax evasion and fraudulent documents being presented to the bank for banks for loans. Uh, he's going to be fighting to stay out of jail, this man. This could be our first president that goes to jail. I would not be surprised. Uh, now, Melania, very attractive first lady we have. No question about it. Uh, she just turned, I think, 50 or 51. She's outstanding in her appearance. And her clothes. I thought Jackie Kennedy was the best-dressed uh, woman. Uh, Michelle Obama looked good, too, but Jackie Kennedy was really out there. Uh, however, I've got to say this. Melania Trump is the best-dressed first woman I have ever seen. You never see her wearing the same thing twice. Uh, and she has magnificent outfits. She's got a great body, but everything fits. She's thin and drapes well. Uh, so the issue came up this past week. Trump was complaining. He says, do you know that my wife was a model before, before we got married? And she still looks good. And do you know? And he was upset about this. She has not been asked to appear on the cover of any fashion magazine this year. She has not, never in the four years has she been asked to appear on the cover of a fashion magazine. Well, what Trump does not take into account is people don't like him. And maybe the fashion industry doesn't like him or the magazine, but people don't like him and they work with the fashion industry. And so they don't ask her. They don't care about Trump. Screw him, screw her. Excuse the way I put it, but that's the way they think. And maybe she's alienated some people. I know of nothing bad about her, but we know about a lot of bad things about her husband. So anyhow, Trump was upset, made it known. Uh, he reminded me of Harry Truman. Harry Truman's daughter, Margaret, wanted to be a singer. And apparently she studied, she trained. And she had a great opening, and she flopped. You never heard of her as a singer. She was a great mother, a great daughter, but she never made it as a singer. And a reporter for the New York Times, a critic, wrote her up on the big show that she flunked it. She didn't do well, how bad she was. And Truman was so upset. He was playing the piano at the time, and he said, if I ever see that guy, I'm going to punch him in the nose. Well, that was an honest reaction from Harry Truman, and you would, it was strong, which you would expect it from the man. Trump went on to say that his wife, okay, was the greatest model of all time. Everything he does is the greatest of all time. Isn't this amazing that the man has gone through his senior years and even prior to his senior years where he can honestly say to himself, he can't convince everyone, that everything he has done has been the greatest thing ever done or the greatest thing in his life or her life in this case. 
Now, this is an interesting story I am going to share with you. I label it the king of Medicare fraud, the king of Medicare fraud. The man's name is Philip S. Morris, S. Formis, S. Formis, E-S-F-O-R-M-E-S, E-S-F-O-R-M-E-S. He looted. He, he must have been a doctor. He looted Medicare. He put in false Medicare claims and collected from the government to the tune of $1.3 billion. You hear me? $1.3 billion. This guy had to be the king of Medicare. Uh, now, it turns out that somehow Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, uh, he knew this guy or knows this guy or people that know him. And Kushner has always been a great supporter of Jewish organizations. And one that he, he, he is very supportive and, and, and in favor of is Shabbat Lubavitch. Okay? And it's an orth, a Jewish Orthodox movement, in effect. Shabbat Lubavitch. Shabbat Lubavitch okay, has a affiliate, not a subsidiary, an affiliate called ADEPH, A-D-E-P-H, Institute. Now, what happens is this. Uh, the family of Philip, oh, by the way, I'm sorry. Philip went to, Philip was, I'm sorry, I left the best part out. <laughs> Philip was sentenced last year for this Medicare fraud to 20 years in jail. <laughs> I'm laughing, because wait till you see how he spent his money. Uh, this guy lived a good life, but he was 20 years in jail. Here, about a year later, guess what happens? He was one of the ones in that big mass of people pardoned or commuted last week, and his sentence was commuted. He's out walking the streets again. He's a free man. After only one year in jail on a 20-year fraud, on a 20-year sentence, on a $1.3 billion theft, in effect, described as looting, all right, he's out of jail. Turns out a lot of friends, as well as his family, after he'd been arrested, donated a lot of money, okay, to Shabad Lubavitch or to a Deaf Institute. Kushner's involved in this whole thing, knows everybody, and saw what was going on, and of course worked on his father. Now, where? How did this man spend this money? One point three billion dollars—a lot of dough. Here's what he. Here's some of the things he did when he was in the process of ripping off Medicare. He paid, used the money to pay for escorts. Get a lot of escorts for that kind of money. All right. This is even worse, though. He paid. Okay. $1.6 million for a Ferrari. This had to be a super-duper best-made Ferrari ever. $1.6 million for a Ferrari, okay? He spent $360,000, listen to me, $360,000 for a Swiss watch. I thought $30, $35 for a Rolex was too much. $360,000. Million dollars for a Swiss watch. And he also spent a considerable amount of money in a bribe to get his son into the University of Pennsylvania. 
Well, his sentence is commuted. He's a free man today uh, because he knew the right people, and the right people put a lot of dough into these two Jewish organizations supported by Jared, and so the man is free today. He had his sentence commuted. Uh, now we're going to go to another ripoff of the government. Philip was ripping off Medicare. Now I'm going to come. You remember PPP in the first stimulus bill early last year? It was called the CARE Act, CARES Act, and PPP stood for Paycheck Protective Program. Paycheck Protective Program. When they were drafting this bill and Congress was arguing back and forth what should be in it, it seemed like the Democrats and the Republicans both recognized that Main Street merchants, the little people, were being hurt by coronavirus and the lack of business, were being hurt badly. So they put in this Paycheck Protective Program, whereby these businesses uh, could borrow money. They borrowed it through a bank, but it was, in effect, the loan was guaranteed by the government. And if they kept their employees working, did not lay them off because things were tough for a certain period of time, and it wasn't long. It was either seven weeks or seven months. They didn't have to pay the loan back. The people borrowing the money, the little businessman, he and his wife, mom and pa grocery store, did not have to pay the money back. It was forgiven. Now, if they screwed up and didn't lay people off, well, now they did a bad thing. And, of course, a punishment was built into the law, and the punishment was that the money had to be repaid at 1% interest. Now, depending on how much you borrow, 1% interest is nothing. Let me, and a lot of major companies ripped off this program, Paycheck Protective Program, which was not intended for them, which was not intended for them. What happened was the little guy would go to the bank. He generally didn't have a banker. He didn't have an accountant, but he didn't cheat on his taxes, and he got along. It was a hand-to-mouth business, but it supported him and his wife for 20 years and their family. And the banks didn't know these people, uh, and they didn't want to be involved. They didn't have tax lawyers. They didn't have uh, accountants. They didn't have statements, annual statements, financial statements. And so they overlooked these small guys, and they did business with the bigger guys, people they knew and had the necessary paperwork so they could process the loans. And the law never said the loans had to be processed the way they had been in the past, big loans and so forth. So a lot of major corporations borrowed money that shouldn't have. And here's the story about Omni Hotels, Omni Hotels and Resorts International. You know of them. We've all heard of Omni. They received millions of dollars. In fact, I'll tell you, they received $76 million. You heard me. Omni Hotels, money meant for the little guy, received $76 million through the Paycheck Protective Program. And then guess what they did? They laid tons of people off. They kept, no, they had employees, but they laid a lot off that they could have used that money for. They were supposed to use that money for to pay these people so they could get along. They put them out in the street where they couldn't get a job now, most of them. 
And some of them are the ones who are complaining. They don't have enough money now. They need more than $600. They can't put groceries on the table, et cetera, et cetera. Food on the table. They took $76 million. I don't know what they used it for. I'm sure that the hierarchy's got a lot of bonus money out of this, or they bought a lot of property, which really didn't cost them any money now. In any event, they got caught, and they got caught because the union, one of the big, bigger unions for Harmony Hotels, found out, and they raised hell, and they turned them in. So now Omni has promised they'll accept their punishment. They have promised to pay back the $76 million plus 1% interest as a penalty. Isn't that terrific? What a great loan that is. I never made one. That, I never made a $76 million loan, on the other hand. What a deal. And that's how the money went. Because nobody was watching the store. No one was watching the money as it went out. They gave it out and... Both parties are at fault for this. They gave the money out, but they didn't set up a system whereby they could oversee it. Uh, Now I want to talk about people telling the truth. We know this. I can even say this respectfully. Donald Trump's a liar. What did he lie? Over 2,000 times he lied? I mean, they they started keeping track. They had fact finders. Uh, He lied. His word was no good. The man lied. Uh, And he lied about a lot of things having to do with coronavirus, too. We wouldn't have 300,000 people dead if he had done the job properly at the beginning. We'd have a lot of people dead, but nowhere near 300,000 people in less than a year. Okay, now who are the other people that are lying? And they're lying about coronavirus, too. China is one. Yes, China. The nation, the country of China. The China CDC put out a study this past week that said Wuhan. Wuhan is the city where this all started, the coronavirus. It came out of some of their labs there, it is indicated. Wuhan's infections were 10 times higher than reported. Their infections were 10 times higher than reported. And that's President Xi. Now comes Russia. Must be Zion Putin went to the same church or the same synagogue. They said the same prayers, and they were giving. Uh, the, 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 whoever was listening to him said, "You're forgiven. Go in peace." Because Putin, Russia, they admitted they said that their coronavirus death numbers were actually three times higher than reported. Three times higher than reported. If I recall correctly, early on in the coronavirus thing, the numbers were being fudged by Trump's people a bit. The greatest fudger of the numbers, though, is Governor DeSantis of Florida. Uh, If you recall, the woman in charge of keeping the data, computer data, for the number of deaths, infections, sick people, etc., was asked to fudge the numbers by DeSantis and his people. And she refused to do so. Okay? So she was, she either, I think she quit. She wasn't even fired. She quit because she was getting pushed around a lot. If you recall, was it two weeks ago, uh, the Florida State Police, (laughs) they broke into her house. They had a search warrant. But several went in, guns drawn, broke down the door. Uh, Her husband and child are upstairs. They're holding guns. 
Everyone was intimidated and threatened. And they arrested her on some bullshit charge uh, that isn't even going to hold up. And she's going to have a big-time lawsuit against the state of Florida. But that's typical of DeSantis. He did fudge the numbers. We knew it all the time. In fact, Trump says, Trump has said many times, the governor DeSantis of Florida is the best governor in the United States. This past week, uh, someone, some organization said, reputable organization, the worst governor in the United States. And I agree with that, that report because I've been saying it for the last couple of years. I kept saying that DeSantis is Trump's lapdog. He sucks his ass, if you'll excuse me, and does whatever Trump wants. Okay, now that brings us to where are we, my friends? The Senate. Isn't this wonderful? Today, they had the opportunity to have a vote uh, on the two, to raising the $600 to $2,000 in the stimulus package, uh, you know, the one-time shot. And the Senate, uh, Mitch McConnell, the, the Senate leader, the majority leader, was able to prevent the vote. These are good people. I mean, what the hell difference does it make? 600 or 2,000. We're so much in debt over this coronavirus. Let the people eat a little bit. They're suffering. I don't see congressmen suffering. Trump's down in Mar-a-Lago, and he's not doing it on his money. He's doing it on everybody else's money. He plays golf every day. Wonderful. Doesn't think about the people who can't feed their children, can't pay their bills, could be evicted if the eviction law was done away with and so forth. Okay, now where are we going? Christmas. Let's talk about this. Food on the table. It was a study came out that there were 54 million people without sufficient food Christmas Day. Without, it wasn't a Christmas meal without sufficient food. And of that 54 million, 18 million were children. 18 million were children. Now, that isn't healthy. Uh, I just yesterday I read something somewhere that somebody said, we're only eating two meals a day, my wife and I, so our children can eat three meals. That's the right thing to do, but it shouldn't be that way. We're the greatest country in the world. We have everything. We don't have enough. Uh, And I want to read you a quote that really shocked me. It was by a woman named Lisa Davis. She's a senior vice president of an organization known as No Kid Hungry. No Kid Hungry, ominous. And this is word for word what she reported. When kids miss meals, it affects their physical health. How they perform in school or don't perform, their graduation rates, and even their lifetime earnings, so the cost of Doing nothing is very high. And she's worried because we don't have good food programs coming out of the government anymore. I worry a lot we are looking at a lost generation of American kids. And it's that last sentence that really bothers me. I worry a lot we are looking at a lost generation of American kids. Can you imagine a statement like that? An interesting thing, too. Everyone, most, the United States billionaire class a year ago, okay, has increased their wealth 
by $1 trillion since the lockdowns in this country. It didn't even take a whole year. The billionaire class in this country last year has increased their wealth by $1 trillion since the lockdowns. Isn't that amazing? And all these people, no, 54 million people don't have enough food. 18 million of them are children. Uh, let's see. Now, financial pain even affects us here, affects us in Key West. Uh, tourism is gone here right now. It's dead. But even New York City has the same problem, the greatest tourist city in the world. People just can't go. Nothing's open. People are afraid of the disease. Uh, well, anyhow, I have a concierge friend. She works at one of the hotels, and she called me up Sunday night after working, one, to say Merry Christmas, and two, to tell me something. She said last Christmas at this time she took in as a concierge $4,500. This past Christmas, what was it, Monday, Friday, she only took in $130. That's all. It says it all. Well, my friends, that is this week from Louis Patron, and I want to wish you a happy new year. May you enjoy it. May you not go to bars with 10 million people or restaurants like that. Stay home and enjoy your immediate family that lives with you. Don't even have a party. In the meantime, what else can I tell you? Please read my blog in the morning, keywestlou.com. If you like this show, you'll love the blog. It'll only take you two or three minutes to read. If you don't like the show, don't read my blog. And that's it again, and let me wish you a happy new year again, and I look forward to being with you next week.